Hi everyone, my name is James Bamfield and this is my podcast series Spirituality for Today. And this is the second phase, the second wave, where I am taking the role of interviewer. I have to say I'm a little nervous about this as it's my first time, but you know, these days you can just Google it. So yesterday I was reading six tips to being a good podcast interviewer. I think it helped me. (laughs) Um, My God, you can get six tips to everything. You can probably get six tips to make six tips. Anyway, I am here today with Dirk Ulibrandt, whom I've known on and off for quite some years now. Dirk will be well known to many of you. And if he's not, he's um, someone who's been working with spirituality for many years now. He's written several books. He's worked with hundreds, probably thousands of people, I would say, over the years. Um, He's developed quite a reputation here. And I've always had the feeling that Dirk is a truly authentic embodied model of spirituality. Thank you. So Dirk, here we are. As I told you before, what I'm most interested in these interviews is not so much people's spiritual theories or ideologies, although some of that will probably come out, but especially about your spirituality. Mm. So in a way, one way of expressing that would be your relationship to God or the goddess or however you want to express that. So maybe that my my first question is do you see yourself as a spiritual person and if so how what does that feel like So first of all happy to be here thank you James for having me So was that one of the six tips no foreplay <laughs> That's right straight in <laughs> straight in You're right <laughs> Well, I don't think of myself as a spiritual person. I know people see me that way. But if I'm in the state of being in the unity with God, as I call it, then, of course, you don't think about spirituality because that's just the name for the state, for those of uh, those who are seeing it or observing or describing it. And uh, for me, the... One of the keys in my experience of spirituality is the, the unity between God or spirit, which is not the same, with the purest expression of God, and then life. Uh, life is the further and how it comes into existence. But it's actually exactly the same thing. So the experience of life is for me the how I express God. That stands very central in my life. And I do this as much as possible in a, as a researcher or some, you could say a scientist because an alchemist, I call myself an al- a modern alchemist, is a scientist, does research of what is truth, what resonates in absolute truth. So you going for it, how life comes through you, but then you also learn what is real and what is illusionary, how you deform, how you give God a shape. Okay. And is it, it might sound a strange question, but that feeling that unity or what, if we're going to give it a a descriptive label, spirituality, does it it feel nice? It's... uh, I would say without without it, life would be meaningless. So that that's quite a yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, there's somehow I you know one of my angles on s- spirituality is I tend to bring the word pleasure in more than most people yeah. involved in spirituality. So mm-hmm. you know, we both of us work with people and have mm-hmm. been for many. So we're, I guess our underlying assumption, however obvious that may be, is that life is better like this. Mm-hmm. 
it feels better. There's a better mm -hmm. quality of life. Yeah. There's more pleasure or more meaning or, or however you, you mm -hmm. want to put it. Yeah. For me, the, the feeling is more, I would say more bliss than pleasure, mm -hmm. which is probably the same, but how I experience it. And my drive was always uh, not so much on making it better, but probably again the same thing. But I was always very much driven by truth because from early childhood, I was kind of internally nodding my head because something was wrong, mm. absolutely wrong. And I had this a long time. And when I say, when I go to this part of my story, people often think, oh, the poor boy, he had probably <laughs> depressive and neurotic and maybe the last one. But uh, the, then uh, I could see I landed in a place and my parents, they didn't know who they were. And my sister didn't know what I was. And my friends didn't know what it was to be friends. I knew this from, I don't know where, <laughs> But I had this memory how it is to be a child and to be a father and a mother and a friend. I wow. knew this. So, and they didn't know that. So I felt like, oh my God, I, first of all, I'm not really welcome, it looks like. And <laughs> what sort of age is this? You're talking I think about? six or something. Wow. Also in school, that there's this guy who's going to teach me, but he doesn't teach, he's not a teacher. You go to the church and somebody does a ritual. He's not a priest. He's not... A ritual uh, man he's not a shaman or something so that was always wrong for me it's like it gives me goosebumps when i say that but it made me afraid because the only thing you can do certainly then if you go into puberty is you start to want probably something wrong with me mm. and that's the time we start mm. to do that mm. and then later i could pick it back up and see like no i mean this is a deep memory i have and I can only follow that. Mm. That's what I call truth. And to follow truth, um, although you don't know what it is, because it's just a place in your heart mm. or in your heart-soul mm. space, as I call right. it. Yeah. And what, so you, you felt at a young age what was not right with the priest or the teacher. Um, what, what did feel right? I mean, did you feel, already feel some kind of spiritual connection? Was, was there already nature? nature? Okay. I was, a, I was a nightmare for my mother. My father was absent very much. He, was, he loved me, was clear, but my mother was much closer. And she knew I was a very good student. I was intelligent, but I always had bad points because nothing was interesting. But I was all the time in with my binoculars and my bird book and my plan book. Oh, really? Yeah, 13 years with my orange bike. All the time I was gone, writing articles. Wow. Uh, and, and martial arts. Mm -hmm. The freedom I could feel sometimes, although I ho also had a fear for the violence I saw into it. Mm. For me, it was more about grace and freedom right. than fighting. So these two, nature and martial arts, which is more or less the same for me, right. uh, there I could find it and see. And it. so take so with nature, what can you spell that out a bit more? What that feels like or felt like then? I imagine it's still similar, maybe deepened and mm -hmm. and so on. What say more about your relationship to nature? In, in the beginning, I remember that this friend of the family he took me first time on this bird trip and he showed me this raptor this bird of prey and I, I still remember because the first years were the purest one but then I became too much studying it and I didn't realize I was taking a step back but in the beginning I could feel the birds I could feel the flowers and it opened something in me I, I was longing for that gave life uh, meaning so, okay, oh, now, now I know why I'm here. They kind of welcomed me. Right. So it was a feeling of belonging? Yeah, that's the I right mean, word. presumably also beauty. Absolutely, which I didn't know what that was really because I didn't see it so much in the things people. that people <laughs> offered me. They said, that's yeah. beautiful. Okay, good, if yeah. you say so. Yeah, but because it was outside, it was for me just an opinion. 
And in nature, it's not an opinion, it's an experience. Right, right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, that feeling of belonging. I mean, in a way, I was just reading the other day um, this thing called dark ecology, which is quite interesting. But it's this it's guy. On the dark web, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's a professor. <laughs> no, <okay>. But um, the dark ecology, he was saying that even it's strange in a way to have a word for nature. Mm -hmm. because it implies that we're something different from it. Absolutely. Which, of course, we're not. We are fundamentally part of nature. So mm -hmm. most older um, civilizations, cultures, didn't have a word for nature. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's quite a, a, a recent phenomenon, right. evolution-wise. But I love that idea of, of that belonging yeah, I, mm. I feel that very... I also have a very strong connection with nature. see that also, yeah. I, you know, put me on a mountain in a garden by the sea. You know, that's where I go. Or the desert. I love deserts. Mm -hmm. That's where, I, you know, my whole energy starts changing and, and so on. Reset. Reset. Refresh button. That's right. And the beauty is important. You know, I remember there was a... There's a philosopher... You know, I'm quite. I have a bit of a hobby with philosophy. Philosophy, but there's a philosopher called Whitehead, and he said that beauty is God's signature, mm -hmm. God's hand taking. That's nice. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Each time you see it, mm -hmm. oh, he's just signed that, signed by the goddess. <laughs> mm -hmm. As an alchemist, for me, the beauty is the. If you go to Western alchemy. Um, it would be, or esoteric Christian alchemy, it would be like how the Holy Spirit shines through the sacred geometry. Right. And this perfection comes out. That's what we experience as beauty. Mm -hmm. It's like the light that shines through a crystal that gives it this extra. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's just a piece of stone. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. And this can, we can experience through people or through plants, but actually everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the greatest dramas of the past which is nowhere the, uh, the problem is i think in our society and with our in our world that we don't name the things that are really going wrong we name we have this big list of all kind of problems which are not which are not the fundamental things mm. one of the biggest dramas is men starting to see nature as the environment mm. so that was first we saw nature as separate but then we gave it a name and we fixed it. It was not nature anymore. It was entirely different. There's me who in my unconsciousness. I have nature and there's the environment. That's a, that's a big bridge. And from that idea, we started to order it also, the need to control it in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, uh, you know, I've been doing your online meditation mm -hmm. series, which I... I told you on the phone I'm really enjoying and it's it's done a lot for me. <laughs> yes. I mean there's that that's one that's one little sort of challenge I have. So in the sense that I get it that the separation from nature has caused some problems. Mm -hmm. Separation from mother earth, from, you know all all these kind of things. But I and I'm curious to what you think. This is probably the most sort of theoretical part of our conversation. I don't think separation was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I think it was part of evolution. Mm -hmm. Certain things needed to be separated mm -hmm. out. And that, if you like, was the Western Enlightenment mm -hmm. and the whole birth of science and, and rationality <laughs> and... I, I do see it that we now need to reclaim. So we're now suffering from the pitfalls of that separation. Mm -hmm. But I think it was necessary. Just like, you know, we need to be separated from the womb where presumably there's total unity. But if we stayed in total unity, then of some course. kind of evolution or growth wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, when you were talking about it, it sounded like just a negative thing, but... There's a difference between the fact that it happened, which is necessary, and uh, that we have 
separated it from the experience. That's what I mean. So we forgot the experience of being nature, that we can name it from our mind. That is necessary because that's how we develop the mind. But that's not necessary to take it out of the direct experience. Because of this development of the mind, as it's like a rising energy from the belly and the darkness to the light and so on. Great, that's, that's evolution needed to happen. And it's going to expand even further. But there's no reason to take it out there. It's like the tree doesn't pull out the roots to grow leaves. Hmm? Mm. And we did that. We started to identify. We are the leaves. We are the flowers. We are the fruit. It's all about the fruits, like in business. Thank God you have the earth, you know? Yeah. And it's like impossible to stay connected. And that's what I call the experience of being the root and thinking freely at the same time. That we forget that temporarily because we discover something new that's logical. But now we have taken it very, very far. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree. It's, it's like each level of evolution reaches its own limit, mm -hmm. which then has to be also evolved out of. Right. And presumably, do you find that also with yourself and your own evolution, if you look back? I don't get the question. No. Well, um, is that you've evolved in a certain direction in your life and something sure. really wonderful has happened, but then you also find the limits of that level, which then requires another twist of evolution and a, and a deeper development. I'm not sure if that's what you mean, but you tell me. It's, uh, I'm in the moment, the last two, three years... Um, in my development, about 15 years ago, I needed to step out of this bubble I had created of people who understood the language of what I was doing and so on, and then step into the world. And oh. just like Japanese Zen monks who go to San Francisco for dishwashing in a basement somewhere to see if they're really enlightened. I, I like this idea. Yeah to go to governments and in prisons and, and to, mm -hmm. to try it out. And I did that for 15 years and learned and contributed. And now, since two, three years, that it's like a wave that came to the shore and now starts to pull back. It's like the end of that. Right. And I can only take, the wave also takes the essence from the beach with it to the inside the ocean. I do that, but I cannot roll further on the beach. No, no, that is, is that, what, that is what I mean. Absolutely. Ah, okay. So what I'm saying is that individual evolution, development mm. yeah. and collective, you know, it's all part of one yeah. Yeah. evolutionary sort of And it's an impulse. art to do it until it's enough yeah, and then yeah. stop. Right. I mean, even now, and sometimes that's, I think, brought upon us by adversity or something i've noticed that literally in the last few days is the first time i've actually felt frustrated with corona ah, okay. it's taken a long time because mm -hmm. to be honest it's been a blessing for me mm -hmm. and just these last few days i've noticed it's the third wave idea i'm getting pissed off <laughs> i'm getting pissed off i'm getting a little worried mm-hmm um, as more and more work gets gets cancelled, I, I notice my rebellious side is beginning, which has never mm -hmm. been far from the surface in my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think, ah, okay, that's a sign. You know, that sort of frustration, I can see there's another, another level of evolution in me here mm -hmm. around to, to, to become one with, with what's happening in the world mm -hmm. and society. Mm -hmm. So that's a sign to me. Mm -hmm. that I need to take another step. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, or like in a relationship where you, you reach a certain level of a relationship of, 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 of conflict or, or boredom or, or whatever, that this is a sign, okay. Sure. Even if it needs one. to happen. Yeah, I know, especially <laughs> in Corona. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
dear, can you tell me what was, let's go back a little bit in time where we were. What was an early sort of peak experience that you had that, and, and maybe from that, how, what do you see the value of, of peak experiences on the spiritual path? The first thing that I don't, and I'm not going to think about, it, but the first thing that comes up is uh, when I was practicing martial arts and I was into jiu-jitsu a lot. Okay. And uh, at a certain point, I was doing the national championship. Mm. And then I won the national championship. I stand wow. on the stage. God. And there's this guys in front of me, and you're supposed to be uh, very proud and happy and so on. And I felt embarrassed. And that was kind of a shock for me. I was very puzzled. And it had all to do with, uh, again, like a memory. You do things and you get them uh, like um, a blessing. It's a blessing from somebody you really admire and appreciate. But I didn't have that for all these people. Hmm. They were not, they were kind of acknowledging me for martial arts. I, I know I wasn't so good in martial arts. Still, I got the gold medal. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. And I had this other memory and, and I didn't know really what to do with that. And yeah, hooray and so on and and then later I was really, it took me quite a while to get over that because it brought this memory of going for what is in your heart and to bring that to the surface. It was easy to say, oh, I'm the best in Belgium and the whole thing. Yeah. But that didn't happen. There was something like you have to go for the memory of being a true warrior. What does that mean? Do you know that? You stand there with all the audience and you know you know nothing. It was a very strong experience. And I picked that up, not uh, so much later. Um, the next championship, European championship, I trained completely different. I was kind of in a trance. And uh, I still remember this. Uh, it gives me goosebumps. This guy wanted, attacked me. And that was, of course, the whole thing. And before he did something, I already knew what was going to happen. So... I, well, I finished the whole thing, but it was, it didn't look nice. It looked really wrong for the people around it. So there I am, I was like sixth place. I feel completely blissful. My trainers are very angry. What are you doing? You're an idiot. And I felt very good. Time to leave, right? Yeah, <laughs> God. That's so interesting. But that helped me a lot Yeah. to, to make that choice for truth and not for satisfaction right god you've always had a very strong sense of your own path uh, regardless of what your environment uh, yeah i didn't i never had a choice in that no no i know that feeling i know that feeling people call me stubborn or this or that and then i checked for myself i'm totally not a stubborn person i do know what i want <laughs> okay. this is a very different thing yeah sure, hmm? sure. very different thing. sure and that because you mentioned you were in bliss and you what you've described in the martial arts i'm sure you know about it i mean that sounds very similar to flow yeah. the chips and mahali and yeah. being in the zone and so on mm -hmm. so is presumably, I mean, I certainly, I, I also know what it's like. I mean, I'm a sure. sports guy and I, mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be in the flow. So if we can just interpret that a little bit spiritually, mm -hmm. what do you, what do you think is happening there? You're, you're in this place, you're in a, in a state of combat. Yeah. You're, you're in the zone, you're feeling. Yeah. We're in it now. So it's very easy now. Right. So, <laughs> so tell me. It's total unity. Right. There is no opponent. It is like a yin-yang symbol. If uh, First, it's like if the yang or the yin moves, immediately you feel it. But then if you're really deep in it, you become the circle. Both of them are inside of you. So you're the, the one who's leading this whole process. You're standing in both sides at the same time. And that, of course, we cannot create but we can only surrender to that. And then it happens more and more. 
Right. And it, it's a feeling of, it's not a very fashionable word these days, but for me it's also a feeling of power. Absolutely. But not kind of power towards a certain goal or something, but a feeling of, oh, wow, something is mm -hmm. working through mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And I yeah. feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like spiritual muscle or, or something. And yeah. you're right, and it's that feeling, it, it's personal, so, so it's me, but it's also not me. Because mm -hmm. clearly I wouldn't manage that just on my own, mm -hmm. that feeling right. of power. Yeah. How could I possibly, this very small little physical unit in a very big universe? Yeah. So yeah. that's it. That's beautiful. I think that's a very good image for people because I, you know, what I've said in my earlier podcast is that, of course, all religions have a, have a spiritual base, but they've tend because it has become such a big ideology mm -hmm. and an institution and so on right. it has tended to take away from that felt sure. let's call it i mean you could call it mysticism really mm -hmm. but it's a mysticism that's totally available right. to anybody because you can mm -hmm. be in the zone knitting mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know that's why the greeks had a a goddess of of sewing yeah yeah and I and so that yeah. But, and the difference is that it doesn't, if you're in this circle and you feel that when something moves, it moves you, you don't need any belief. Right. You don't need exactly. to believe anything. Right. You know, right. because you're into it. And you don't ask yourself the question, what is the meaning of life? You are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I took a group of leaders into China. I did that many times, but the, the last time we sat there together with my friend Cheng Yuming, which is a Taoist master, and these leaders are talking, sharing, uh, introducing themselves. And Cheng Yuming sits there, and you can see he's like uh, into something. He sits outside in the garden. So I noticed suddenly I asked him, what, what's going, what do you feel right now? And he goes like, can you hear that? He said, I can hear the insects crawling on the other mountain. Can you hear oh. that too? So these guys were like, holy shit. Oh. <laughs> He's somewhere. Come. We're missing the point here, you know. Wow. We're having our talk. What a great but story. He was somewhere else. And just by staying there, and I was like the catalysator there, mm. bringing it together. And immediately they could fall into that. They get part of that experience. Mm. So we didn't beautiful. do anything. No, but, but they could through, pick it up. through a certain resonance. Yeah, what a great story. I love that. Mm. Also, the, the detail. You can only really be on the, what I would call the language I use, you're really on the, the inside of the inside mm -hmm. of life. And so you could hear that. Mm. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things I like in Taoism, in the, the ancient scriptures. In the Secret of the Golden Flower, which is one of my favorite books, is uh, is uh, one of the principles is the returning of the light. That is, it's part of our. I talked about before things that we got wrong and now we can't reverse it. One of the things is that I look at the moon, I look at you, I smell the air. It's always I, the I mind, I call it, which is totally illusionary. So the Taoists say, practice now that the moon sees you, the trees are looking at you, the rabbits have seen you, you don't see it, they see you, and suddenly you have so much energy, because instead of all your light going out there, it all starts to return. Yeah, that reminds me of a very similar, I was with a group in America once, and it was a very racially diverse group, you know, with African Americans, um, Asian Americans, Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And as is often the case, we got into a, a tension. You mm -hmm. know, it gets tense with these things, especially over there. And there was this Native American woman and she hadn't said anything the whole time. But then at one moment, she spoke up and she's, all she said was, the flowers in the middle of the room are listening to us. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Everything changed. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. 
And it's it's a bit like in your it is it is your your also with your meditation series you're saying are you are you touching the ground or is the ground touching you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we so in a way we get out of this slightly anthropomorphic uh, place. Yes, even as I also say in the in the training, the, the whole idea that I I touch my body. I mean that means my hand is me touching the thing called the body, which is stupid somehow. Why doesn't the body touch your hand? <laughs> well, I guess we're used to a certain center of operations in life. Yeah, it's the front lobe yeah. of the brain right. and the penis <laughs> and the fingertips. And it's all this masculine external tip of the mountain behavior. Mm. And we just then also have a tip of life that we experience. We don't, mm. it's even much less than the tip of the iceberg that we feel. Mm. The tips, yeah. Mm. The tips, yeah. Um, Dirk, I feel like, um, could we do a, a little exercise for a few few minutes? Yeah. Like some kind of... <laughs> Transmission Maybe that something people can feel that comes up is uh, what is what I do differently than most spiritual people is um, the body is the center for me because we all live on the earth and the earth is a the the earth gives us our body or the body is a piece of earth and that and uh, the darkness that is in so it's not like the body like the workout at the gym and but it's the darkness the mass of the body that is the fundament i did a lot of study in east and west on the real guys who had the deepest states very often were the dark guys we know about the light guys but there were people who went through the dark to discover the true light now the kind of spirituality that we hear is mostly the projection it's the light and the light it takes us to a certain well a certain part of the way but then it stops because then your yin yang starts to block mm-hmm. we need the two parts and i noticed well i, I think 15 years ago i wrote a book with a taoist master about astral healing and it's all about universe and stars i've been there i know that but then also on a trip in china if you talk about spiritual experiences i had the opportunity to meditate for a long time in a cave where Mm -hmm. the masters had been meditating and after two days i had something like i want to go home because i noticed that i know this Mm. and it's not gonna change a lot for me i know where enlightenment comes from i know the place Mm. i had the experience also but i want to be the simple embodiment of it so so it's not just enlightenment it's in darkenment right to put that light my intention is not for people to be a krishna or a buddha and jesus the shining beauty of the it's like most people they know when advanced they're never going to reach that it is so olympic you know mm. we, we can never reach it and these were exceptions but not the state that they had achieved the expression of the state okay but if you look at lao tzu you could sit next to lao tzu on the bus you wouldn't even notice right because he's so extremely normal simple man yeah. you wouldn't even see him maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is possible for everybody. And for this, we need the body. So that, that stands very simple, uh, very central, the simplicity in, in all my teachings. Okay. Is there anything we could just do just to yeah. give us a little flavor? Yeah, I wanted to share that first no, so that good. makes sense. That does make sense. So let's do it. Let's see what comes up. I haven't really prepared this. 
But just sit in a very relaxed state, it allows us to move also. <laughs> so make yourself comfortable, however that is. And then ask your hands and your body for touch. Move your hands over your body. And it's important that you don't do it with a certain plan. Just what feels nice or what pleasurable. And often, as you can hear with me, and I don't only do it to encourage you, but often you start yawning. So feel the touch. Because when we get into our head or into our emotions, we make our human shape through our body incomplete. That means we start to feel a part of the body and the other part disappears. So if you let your hands and your body deal with it, you will touch and your body will start to release tension. Yawning is a way to balance the inside and outside of your body, but also of your awareness. So follow. Sometimes you start shivering or you start to feel cold or hot. And very essential is don't make this an exercise. That's not what I'm doing. Just enjoy it. It feels good to touch. Stay out of your head and simply enjoy. So we do this to bring the body and the earth together again. Then you're really here. This is very simple. Sometimes people get teary eyes if the liver re responds, so you get more saliva if the stomach responds mind calms down. You hear my voice also going down a tone. And then again, sit. And you're now more a little bit in a little bit more jelly state. On the next one, put your hands on your chest. Because that's where most of us experience the soul. I'm not going to go into it, what that is. It's like the purest part of you as a virtuous being. And now open your hands slowly and connect to life. This infinite field of life. You might see in the beginning shapes people, stars, planets, and so on, just expand until it becomes just an infinite field of life. The core mantra I use in all my teachings is I am life. Because as long as as there is life outside in your inside, you're in trouble. This bliss, pleasure, deep joy is, will be very superficial. Allow life and you as a soul to come together. You can use the mantra. It's not a belief. This is reality. You are life. No need for separation. No need for belief. Let them come together again. When this starts happening, you might feel that your hands start to move in again. Minimalize your thought. Know that it's just there. 
the Taoist called it the nature of reality. If life comes in, feel how your breath is moving rhythmically from in and out. Yes, this rhythm is there, but it's not two positions. It's a wave through your breath, through your heartbeat, through a lot of rhythms that also you are. Let your hands slowly land on your body, embodying life. Let the hands and the body decide. And now focus on the out-breath. Don't breathe out strong, just be aware. Relaxing in the out-breath so that it may flow just a little bit longer. But it needs to happen by itself. Relax your face. Bring your attention with the out-breath completely inside. Just one millimeter under your skin. It's getting awfully dark. So sink into that darkness. The uterus that you came from was very, very dark. And yet you were not afraid. Felt so safe. So sink, relax your body deeper, deeper, deeper. Let the in-breath happen by itself and your awareness is on the surrendering in the out-breath. The mind getting much more still. The light of the soul is still there, but it's withdrawing in the darkness. Notice in this darkness the subtle feeling of spaciousness. often coming through stillness. All borders disappearing. Body and earth are together. Soul and body together. You have withdrawn in what we modern people know as the unconscious mind. But the mind is there. This is a state that most of us get every night but then we as we know ourselves are not there now you are so i don't want to be cruel but take a slow and deep in-breath and stay into that place but also become aware of your form And of the environment, touch your body. Again, have a little stretch, a deep breath. Yeah, thank was you. It. it was My beautiful. Pleasure. I enjoyed pleasure. it. Me too. Really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. I hope our listeners could uh, mm -hmm. get a feel of that, a taste of that. That's the the state that I'm well that I'm in all the time, and it, the practice is to deepen the state and to feel that this is like the home that is always right. there. Whatever happens, uh, Corona, uh, mm. hectic, uh, yeah, 
this place is there. And it doesn't exclude emotions or thoughts mm. or the experience of a normal human being. There is this base of safety of that is all right, mm. which is important. No, I, th I think this is, Dirk, a big part of the, the message that I want to bring about spirituality is that it really... Mm. How can I put it? You know, even like with, with, with corona or, or how I was sick recently, mm -hmm. I mean, without my sort of mm -hmm. spiritual resources, I mean, it would have been a bummer. Sure. I mean, this is the one thing that we can intentionally develop mm -hmm. with, with, sure. with the necessary application, and mm -hmm. it's always there. Right. And, and everything else in life can let us down in a way. Mm-hmm let us down or, or disappoint us. We, we can't arrange life the way we want it, mm. unfortunately. That's why I said we don't have to have this ideal of this bright being floating right. over the sea. Right. It's very simple. Okay. And then yeah. magic is still happening. Yeah. And no, who knows? I, I know a lot of people who can do magical things, but it's not the point. No, it's natural for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I got a, a message from a, a, a client, a friend, uh, yesterday or two days ago that he had he has corona and he's been really sick and he didn't go to the hospital he said um, i learned a lot from my consciousness and my breathing but i understand how people get into the hospital and die mm. and he said if i wouldn't know this i probably i might have been died i should, certainly would have been in the hospital because i could stay calm into it and stay with uh, the experience as it was. He, he sounded really good. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. So what about, because we still have a, a few minutes left. Oh. Um, yeah, I know, time I goes fast just when you're in the flow. <laughs> um, I've got a question. Are there any times where you, you don't feel unified, where you don't feel spiritual, where you you can get a bit like a sort of spiritual blind spot or something. Mm -hmm. I'd, uh, there is moments you spill your coffee on the, over your pants and so on. <laughs> you, we are supposed to say, ow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's natural. That's the instinct coming from the body. And there's all kind of teams that I've been working with. I've been deepening this. Uh, we can call it like blind spots in my sexuality, in my relationship, because I don't fully understand what it is. Mm. So yes, these things are there and there's many of them. But do they pull me out of this no, that, that is uh, something that's been quite a while now that mm. it never takes me out of the state. Mm. It's like uh, the state had become like like my intestines or something. It's just there. Right. Huh? But people then think, oh, so all the rest is gone. <laughs> no. no. It gives you an ability to look at it much more clear or much more... Uh, mm. You start to see it very very differently mm. you get different information if you stay if you right. accept that you don't know right because then you stay open and you're not going to know it by trying to know it no and sure you're into it and for instance um, three years ago now i was in uh, doing some research on in the canary islands and i had a so-called accident on a sailboat that means I'm going 45 degrees, mm -hmm. gliding over the deck with my head down first mm, on the wall. So my neck was like... Mm. And that gave me, well, it was six months on painkillers. Really? Me a lot of, yeah, it was God. a horrible pain. And uh, yet I knew from the beginning I have to go through this and I have to... Mm -hmm. This was like a um, divine correction of my mind. Wow. <laughs> like uh, things I could not change in my whole belief system. And I tried and tried, but I wasn't at uh, the maximum of my abilities. And in the suffering I've been through, 
Um, and I'm, the listeners, I don't advise you to do that, but I didn't go to a doctor or a hospital also. Because huh? mm. I can pretty much feel when I have to do that or not. And now we are like two, almost three years further and I have about 10% left. But I had to dig wow. much deeper inside of myself to get through this, you know. I can imagine, yeah. you know, e even in my very slight experience of the last few weeks mm. with with shingles called loros yeah but i with yours that mm. no that's but i guess it also brings you know there are many spiritual traditions that value humility yeah that it brings and certainly i would sure. imagine with the chinese yeah. Yeah. i mean that's certainly my image of the whole taoist thing is that sure. humility is really important and i think that in general the asians get that a bit better mm -hmm than we do yeah um and even the word humility actually the origin is the latin ground earth humiliation so, right so it brings us down to down yeah. down to earth and um yeah. I, I do think that's important and it reminds me of a a quote i like to give a few quotes every now and again for the people listening because it's easy to remember it was from a jewish sort of mystic or philosopher, for, I think from the Dark Ages, Maimonides. And it was just so simple. He just said, if you can't say, I don't know, you won't progress. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a kind of equation. Hallelujah. But I it, agree. <laughs> it works. Huh? So that was your, I don't know, moment. Um, one of them. Uh, one of them. One of them, yeah, I know. <laughs> I but know, I don't know. Well, my, it's also my this. mentor, Paul de Blot, he, who died last uh, last year. Yeah, well, he died at ninety four or something, and he was, of course, five years in the concentration camps. Mm. Um, but we talked four days before he died, and it was a very special talk. It was kind of already there, mm. not gone, but already there. Yeah, yeah, I and that. he uh, he said uh, the suffering. And the uh, loss. how do you say that? Lack of... Um, what it's is that Difficult word? in English. Um, no future. Or no future, no. Yeah. yeah. There is a word I can't find it's like at the moment. That it's, you can't change it. You're going to die. You suffer, you're going to die. Mm. To accept that, to go through that suffering consciously, as he had been doing a lot in his life, he said, this is so important. Like the, the movie of Ramdas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wouldn't wish a stroke to people, but I would wish the result of the stroke to people. <laughs> That's right. Because it gave him so much. The same with another teacher of mine, Daskalos, the last year of his life, he was paralyzed half of his body. Really? Oh, wow. And, and one wow. of his uh, stu uh, students, who is the teacher now, who took care of him for a year, and mm. he communicated on the astral level with him. He said it was fine. He learned so much being paralyzed now because he couldn't learn it otherwise. Yeah. If you get that kind of trust in life, even if you lose your leg, right? please, yeah. if you can keep the leg, I would do it. But, That's right. <laughs> but if it's gone... Yeah, no, yeah. That, that makes a lot, but it does mm -hmm. huge amount of trust. Right. I mean, talking of... So, there's one more point I want to bring. I mean, mm -hmm. talking of suffering and death, Mm -hmm. You know the, it really does look like there the 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 human race anyway. Mm -hmm. There is a sense of existential risk mm -hmm. at the moment. True, not for the planet obviously, but for the human race yes. and certainly <laughs> plenty of the animal yeah. race. In fact, that's already let's Happened. face it, that's that's already happening. You already got rid of half of them in a bad way. <laughs> Yeah, wherever humans go, <laughs> animal species disappear. Um, so there is a sense of existential risk mm -hmm. and possible death of the mm -hmm. human race. I know that sounds very grand and, and whatever, but I that's think reality. if you really look at the facts... That's reality. You know, yeah. from many different corners, not mm -hmm. just ecological. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel... What's your relationship to that and it, this question is as much to me as to you mm -hmm. you know does that matter if it does are we doing enough about it i am okay so i what, think you are 
Yeah, am I? I still have some doubts about that. Do you feel that your your work is sufficiently relevant to the immediate social problems and other problems in the world? That was what I said before. The immediate problems are not the immediate problems. We can't change this from trying to solve these things. It's like a, a plaster of the... Of, um, how do you call that? In yeah, English? yeah, a plaster on, open on, the, wound. on the wound. Yeah, yeah. It's if we're not uh, willing to see what we have left in our whole evolution, what we call evolution, and what we left behind, we're not going to make it. It's very simple. And if that is supposed to happen, it's that's why I do my best in helping people to remember because we don't have to figure it out. We only need to remember. No, but that's, I mean, you could call that a long-term solution, right? In the sense that... Quite fast. You know, how many people can we work with in mm -hmm. a very yeah. big planet, a big population? Mm -hmm. I just sometimes wonder it, that some plasters probably are needed in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. If you're a plasterer, you have if to do it. If you're a plasterer. No, okay. I, know, I don't mean this uh, sarcastic. Good. I believe very much if people, as we just did before, if you're willing to be life, if you give up this separation with life and put it in your body, you're going to end up in the right place. Mm. And that might be with the police or as a mm. master plasterer. Mm. <laughs> if, yeah. And you get to the right place and this will start to resonate with what needs to happen. But if people are not in their bodies and keep life separate, what are you going to do? No, but then I think, I do think it's important for us who are sort of working with people spiritually in a mm. way to get that message across because yeah, the true. criticism of us is we're socially irrelevant, mm -hmm. that we're not, we don't get our hands dirty in mm -hmm. that we, we tend to work with pretty mm -hmm. privileged bunch of people. We're yeah. not really on the front line. Mm-hmm of what's going on and the, and the suffering in the world. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think I agree with you, and I mm -hmm. certainly feel that I have a role in, in helping the plasterers. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, and so I'm beginning to much more focus, yeah, you know, who can I help, who, who is a, a master plasterer? That's a new word, master plasterer. I know, master. It's not like Stevie Wonder's master plaster. It's master plasterer. But um, so I do feel a certain... Responsibility to um, to 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 explain that. Yeah. Otherwise, we're the 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 navel gazers. Yeah. It's you know, true. Now we do need to look at our mm. get navel. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Sure. But so mm. the inner work is vital. Yeah. But obviously, but somewhere why. that has to translate into outer work. Right. And and into it society. Is. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 Good. Oh well. And it's also part of the. Sometimes people hear it like, oh, Dirk thinks it's all about the body. And so I don't. It is, it's about the whole thing. But it's first of all, it's a priority. The priority needs to be because now we have this big sequoia tree. And mm. if you would mm. look at the roots, oh my God, it hardly has any roots. Mm. It's still at 500 years ago. The, mm. And with the storm coming, so yeah. that's why I focus on that. It's also a karmic thing. Mm. But I don't have any judgment on people doing other things right. because it's their place. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. I want to make that clear. Well, I think that's a nice place to end because that's what I said in my last podcast about showing up. Mm -hmm. Showing up yeah. in the world is totally unique for each person. Right. Um, I mean, literally mm -hmm. unique. Two but people cannot do the no. same thing. Mm -hmm. But you can see if the person is in the right place. Right. Somehow, right. it's like fits totally in the, his environment. So our job is partly to help people find, find the right place. Right. right, but we don't know what the right place is. We might get little, little um, the slithers of information, but yeah, that's for mm -hmm. okay. Well, I've really enjoyed it, Dirk. Me too. You could um, go on for hours. I know we really could. We really could. The only the only thing I'd just say to our, our listeners is that with Dick's wonderful meditation, if if you're driving the car, yeah. 
while you're in it. So don't, <laughs> don't take both hands off the wheel. No, no. We're all for trust, but, you know. <laughs> I do a lot of, I call this, when touching your body, cleaning the temple. I do that in the car, but one hand and with eyes on the road. Exactly. <laughs> me, 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 me too. Oh, I love it. It's intimacy with oneself. Yeah. People mm -hmm. always make fun of that because they think it means masturbation, which is a kind of intimacy with the self. But intimacy with the self mm -hmm. is, is wonderful. It's totally without frustration. Wonderful. Yeah. I think well, my last thing mm -hmm. is my, one of my favorite moments, and I want to I ask you just to do it again, mm -hmm. is the way you say the word life. 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 There's, there's oh, a real... Okay. I just feel the sort of eros in that, the, 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 <laughs> the life, it's, it's no, juicy, never it's juicy. Yeah, it comes from life. under my navel, it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, Thank Dick, you many thanks. Out. It was my pleasure. Welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye.